0: Welcome to In Loving Recollection, this is your pal Brent. For nearly 50 years, my mother has been a social worker, with the majority of that time spent working with the elderly, ensuring that many of the senior citizens within our county, as well as the surrounding areas, receive services vital to their well-being. My father was also a state employee, working 34 years for the Georgia Department of Labor, The values that drew them to their careers in public service reflected in their parenting, and we were brought up with the belief that kindness, generosity, and patriotism went hand in hand. That patriotism was not the act of putting an American flag bumper sticker on your car and then screaming about immigrants and people on welfare, but rather that it was the responsibility of the able to help those in need. These were the character traits I was brought up to admire and look for in our leaders. And for me, no other person better exemplified these principles than Jimmy Carter. Born 99 years ago today, President Carter is the embodiment of what it means to be a public servant. I think you would be hard-pressed to find another that could match his record. As a citizen, a governor, a president and a former president, the man has worked tirelessly as an advocate for peace, a proponent of human and civil rights, and a promoter of environmentalism. He's fought against fascism, both foreign and domestic, helped through his work with the Carter Center to nearly eradicate guinea worm disease, and has, since the mid-'80s, dedicated much of his time to the building and repairing of homes. Of habitat for Humanity. But beyond all of his numerous good deeds, exist a number of other attributes that contribute to his indelible character. He's uniquely Southern, exhibiting the type of eccentricities that only our specific region is capable of producing. He's a devout evangelist that also firmly believes in the separation of church and state. He is a devoted and committed husband who has formed a true partnership with his wife of 77 years, Rosalind Carter, treating her as an equal and never being too shy to display his love for her whenever the kiss cam happens to find the two of them at a Braves game. And of course, one must not forget that one of the most important attributes of this great man is his love of rock and roll. I mean, this is the guy that had the Allman Brothers campaigning for him and counts Bob Dylan as one of his closest friends. If there were ever a president more deserving of a rock and roll tribute, it's definitely Jimmy Carter. In 1993, and again in 1995, the band Blue Mountain did just that, with the release of their song, Jimmy Carter. I had first become aware of Blue Mountain through their connection with Wilco. I had gotten really into that band during my first year of college after buying a copy of their album Summer Teeth at a record store in Athens. As is often the case with artists I fall for, I wanted to consume whatever was available. And with Wilco, there were so many paths and excursions to explore once I had begun to venture down that rabbit hole. Eventually, I would find my way to Blue Mountain, the Oxford, Mississippi-based band, built around the partnership between guitarist Carrie Hudson and bassist Lori Stewart, twin sister of Wilco bassist John Stewart. After learning of Blue Mountain and then discovering that they had a song on their 1995 record, Dog Days, titled Jimmy Carter, a song about my hero, well, I just knew that this was going to be a band for me. So I found myself a copy of Blue Mountain's Dog Days. I put it on, skipped ahead to track 11, and I listened. This is the story of that recording.
1: Hi, uh, this is Carrie Hudson with Blue Mountain, played guitar and uh, sang on the track.
2: Laurie Stewart, bass player, backup vocalist in Blue Mountain.
1: Kick ass three piece rock band from the south was I think kind of what well, the way we thought of it. We weren't trying to fit into a certain scene.
2: Yeah, that's about right. it was really fun being a three piece. It was like some of my favorite bands were three piece bands and it was it was a really cool thing and you know, with Terry's guitar playing it was we didn't really need anybody else, you know. I mean, he's always been a great guitar player and covered all the bases and sang most of the lead and played some killer leads and it was a great experience. It was, a, it was like just the kind of band I always hoped I, I could be in.
0: Blue Mountain's Carrie Hudson and Lori Steiritt would first meet in Mandeville, Louisiana through Steiritt's twin brother, John, who met Hudson while attending the University of Mississippi, with the two of them eventually forming the band, The Hilltops.
2: John and Carrie were playing in a band together in Oxford. And if I remember correctly, Carrie, I, I don't know if y'all were playing a gig or what probably were, but I, I believe that's the first time I met Carrie was at my parents' house.
1: Yeah, I think we just came over to meet your grandma or something. I can't remember. Oh, okay. Yeah,
2: yeah that was the first time Carrie and I ever met. Yeah, that was... Uh, I guess, what, Carrie, like uh, 87, maybe? And then the bass player who was playing in the Hilltops left, and John asked me to move up to Oxford, which I loved Oxford. I visited him a couple of times and really liked it and uh, asked me to come play bass in, in the Hilltops.
0: In 1990, the Hilltops would dissolve with John Stewart moving on to join the Belleville, Illinois band Uncle Tupelo, and Hudson and Stewart briefly relocating to California to form Blue Mountain. After returning to Oxford, the duo, along with drummer Matt Brennan, would record their self-titled debut, releasing the record through their own four-barrel label in 1993. Eventually, the band was signed with the independent label Roadrunner Records, And traveled to Springfield, Missouri with new drummer Frank Couch to record their sophomore effort with producer Eric Amble at the studio Springfield.
2: It was like kind of in an old uh, storefront in the old part of downtown Springfield. It was pretty, pretty small, but not, I mean, not tiny. They had some great gear, great analog gear, and uh, great amps and, you know, everything that you would want for, you know, a really good studio and uh I remember it being really like comfortable, <laughs> you know. Uh just the studio itself was very it was really well put together.
1: Yeah, that was Eric Amble, the producer that uh picked the studio. We didn't know anything about it. It turned out to be really great.
2: Yeah, and uh the studio owner was uh Lou Whitney who is in the skeletons and he was he, a great guy. He was great. Just a great guy. And, and I'm, I'm really glad we got the, or at least for me, I, and I'm sure Carrie feels the same way, but it was a great experience in a lot of ways. And uh, just, you know, working with people like that. And, um, and Lou in particular was just so, you know, he's like, it's just kindly like, Father figure, but like a like a badass like bass player, rock and roller <laughs> at the same For time. Sure. So he just had this great uh, aura about him, and so that was really wonderful working with him, and 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 with Eric, of course.
1: We made the whole album in like six days, and so there was like twelve songs. And honestly, it went by so quick. Uh, we just got the sound on the drums, it got the sounds on the instruments, and then started cutting. Is more just like going in and doing our live set in a studio.
0: And in the end, they had made a record with a particular song on it. Originally appearing on their self-titled debut and later re-recorded for Dog Days, the track Jimmy Carter is a fast-paced country rock tribute to our nation's 39th president. With its Bakerfield and guitar playing, rounded out by a steadfast rhythm section and a first-rate chicken-picked guitar solo, Hudson's spirited vocal delivery, punctuated by Stirrett's harmonies, tells the story of Carter's rise to the presidency emphasizing his honesty, compassion, and fearlessness.
1: Particularly at the time that I wrote the song, we didn't really have as clear of a historical perspective on Jimmy Carter as we do now. Everybody agrees now he's a great human being, not just a good president. But at the time, there was a lot of controversy about it. And so at the time, I was more prone to state political stuff. And so I was like, I'll just throw this on out there, you know? and see how fast I can play the guitar at the same time.
2: For the first record or anything, I think, right, Carrie? I mean, I, I think, yeah, yeah we just
1: kind of had it,
2: just writing songs. And I do remember the, um, you know, hostage crisis very well, and you know, just the a lot of the negative things that were being said about Jimmy Carter, and and I know my dad really despised Jimmy Carter. <laughs> My dad was such a nice guy. When Carrie wrote that song and we recorded it, he he absolutely loved that song.
1: Yeah, that was funny.
2: It was funny. He said, "I love that song. It's such a great song." I still don't like Jimmy Carter, but I love that song. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. So
2: it was kind of nice that he, you know, um, and I mean, you know, he, you know, he was just like a lot of other people at the time
1: kind of what you were saying about your dad was uh, that kind of whole vibe was the impetus for writing the song, you know? Exactly. Uh, and I was kind of like, you know, a lot of people will come up to me later and say, well, you know, I don't agree with your standpoint in, in the lyrics. Well, I'm just like, well, just write your own song then, and we can talk <laughs> about that, you know? But anyway. Well, it is,
2: it is a great song because I, I do feel like Personally, like, Jimmy Carter was probably, like, one, maybe the last president that we had that was actually, like, a human being, you know, (laughs) so, you know, um, and he was a, and is, you know, just a, I think, a really good person, and he had good taste in music.
0: Roadrunner Records would release Blue Mountain's Dog Days in July of 1995. Around seven months later, while playing a residency in Atlanta, the band would receive an unexpected acknowledgement.
2: We were playing a residency at. Karen, do you remember? Uh, was it? What was the name of
1: that place? It, it was, was a, underground. I can't remember it wasn't the name Eddie's of. Was
2: Eddie's attic? No, it was. Uh, it was a basement club. I guess Eddie's attic would make sense because. It was the basement, so <laughs> I right. can't remember if his <laughs> attic was an attic either. So, right, right. Um, but But um, anyway, it was a month long residency. We went back every week to play, and uh, we were, you know, waiting to go on. It was, you know, an hour or something before the show, and this um, courier came in and asked for us, and said that you know he had a Package and and we opened it and it was a it was a letter from Jimmy Carter it was it was amazing we couldn't believe it and it was on the presidential stationery and it was so kind you know it was just amazing it was amazing um, I have a copy of it somewhere Carrie I think you do too but uh, you have the I think you might have the original which is really awesome yeah. but. Yeah, he he basically said he was sorry that he and Rosalind couldn't attend the um any of our shows at the residency, but he was um had heard the song and he was <laughs> I can't remember exactly, Carrie, can you?
1: He said something about how he uh how he enjoyed the album, especially the one about the peanut farmer. That's right. It was it was short but sweet. It was really mm-hmm. a, just a sweet little note, you know. And it seemed like yeah. it really had enjoyed. I was like, wow, that's cool.
2: Yeah, I, I still don't know how he got the record. I, I mean, I'm. Right, who probably, knows? R- Record label yeah. probably sent it to him. I don't, Yeah, I don't it could
0: know. have been. In the opening lines of blue mountains, Jimmy Carter, Carrie Hudson sings that it was the bicentennial summer. Of our faded glory land, noting the paradoxical nature of this particular time in our nation's history, as it was a period of patriotic celebration alongside feelings of cynicism and distrust following the Watergate scandal. This was the atmosphere in which a big hearted, southern accented man of the people, a true underdog, entered the public's attention running on the promise that he would always be honest with the American people. He would become a world leader like no other, a standard bearer of decency and public service. Only a man like this could have inspired so great of a song. Jimmy Carter Forever.
2: Well, I mean, I really um, fond feelings about that song, and I've you know it's like a hopeful message it, he was a spectacular and is sorry, I hate to do was sorry crazy he is yeah. yeah but uh you know he's I think he was a great human being, and i I feel like you know he really did what he thought was right when he was president, and uh, I mean, I'm afraid we've lost that so. I mean to me it's like just not to be nostalgic but you know I think it's just maybe I don't know a memory of a a little bit of a better time in a way you know um at least politically but I I'm I'm sure it was just as bad then and you know <laughs> but for me I have I've have really great feelings about that song and Jimmy Carter and We just hope to have more human beings, you know, who can make a difference like that.
1: Still fun to play.
2: It is. It's really fun. Except when the drummer plays it too fast and I can't keep up.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you got that right.
0: (laughs) Thanks for listening to a Loving Recollection. A very special thanks to Kerry Hudson and Lori Stewart for speaking with me about this very special recording. And of course, another special thanks goes out to the man that inspired the song. Happy birthday, Jimmy. We love you and are so grateful that you were born. You can stream and buy Dog Days and more from Blue Mountain on the various streaming platforms and online retailers, or you could do it the way God intended and visit your local independently owned record store. See if you can find a copy that way. Seek this stuff out. It'll make you a better person. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram, or at inlovingrecollection.com. We'll see you next time. We'll get through this.